Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. And history. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. I'm Daisy. in this episode i might swear lucy might cry and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the labeled podcast we are continuing our uh, history lesson episodes this week uh usually me and alice take it in turns to um tell each other about a famous historical person who had a disability um but we've got daisy involved now so daisy is also involved with this um she has prepared our first history lesson where we don't know anything about it so daisy yes so you specifically requested yeah. someone who you had not heard of yeah <laughs> we did so this is someone that i don't think you will be aware of but um around here where i live in bristol some more people may well be aware. Right. So this is Lady Violet Apsley. Okay. Right. Who was uh, Bristol's first female MP hmm. and a wheelchair user. <gasps> well, that's cool. Yes. I will warn you now. Right. She does suck a bit. <laughs> Before you get too excited, <laughs> I was excited that she was a wheelchair user, and then you tell me she sucks. Brilliant. Okay. Well, well can, I just, can I just say a disclaimer? We're not all like that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it makes quite a nice change from the trope you see in like film and TV of like, oh, all disabled people are so sweet and nice and innocent. Mm. It, you know, you, you need a, a bastard every now and then. Yeah. Was she, yeah. a, was she was she an out and out bitch or was she a bitch? Was she just a little little bit of a bitch, just just a, a oh. minor B? Yeah, bitch but with pro- a small B. <laughs> yeah, the the problem is, I guess, uh, th- those terms I would generally take to mean you know her sucking in terms of her personality, right? Okay. Where it wasn't so much that it was more her views. Uh, right. right. So politically, yeah, she was, she was, she was right. Okay, but was she? She's she's not like secretly a black shirt or something, is she? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Cool. Let's go then. She she is re- she is really really interesting though. Okay. okay. And okay. um, I mean, nice people generally aren't very interesting. Nice people are usually very boring, and you know. So, <laughs> thanks, Alice. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> She's really interesting, and it's certainly incredibly, you know, noteworthy because you know she was the first disabled MP in Britain and one of uh, no, the first disabled MP in Bristol, and one of you know the first disabled mps in general and i think probably the first disabled female mp okay um because at the time that she was elected there were uh 15 female mps in the whole country so there weren't many no what what time period are we talking so she was born in 1895 okay and died in the late 60s so we're we're counting sort of the two world wars yeah as her kind of time period mm-hmm. she was born into you know like landed gentry type you know family really posh you know aristocratic that sort like of thing most mps even now yeah 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 <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty much she was from like a you know military backgrounded family as was also often the way at that time she served during the first world war as a nurse ambulance driver 
um, an early interest in politics. It was mainly when she married her husband. So her husband was the Lord Apsley, which is how she became Lady Apsley. Right, okay. He was a soldier and a politician. And she was sort of, you know, very supportive of his political career. So it was actually his parliamentary seat that she took over. Okay. So this this was, of course, the, the time when, you know, where you were the MP of didn't necessarily make any difference to sort of where you were from. So right. he, he he was originally an MP in Liverpool. Okay. And right, then okay. came to Bristol and was the MP here for a bit. Is that what happened then? So like if you were elected, say, in like like Liverpool and then you moved to Bristol, you, you still were an MP. You can't, you don't just lose, you don't just give up your seat because you've relocated. Yeah, no, no. Like he he lost his seat to someone else, and so they oh, okay. So okay, they put yeah. him up for election elsewhere, and then, he tri- and then he tried again in Bristol and got yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Bas- basically, right, yeah. He was, you know, eaten in Oxford, and she was born in. No, oh, I can't even remember where she was born. <laughs> yeah, she was she was born in London, right? So they would... I always think, like personally, I would. I feel like my local MP should have a local connection to the area that they're representing. Yeah, It's not just, a, you know, you just turn up anywhere and be like, oh, I'm going to be MP here because I know what's best for these people. This That's just yeah. not, that's not, I feel like that's not what uh, how politics should work. I don't know if that's still how politics works. I don't. Yeah, it can be. Usually I think they have to have a um, an address. Mm. in the constituency mm. um yeah. but you know it can just be like a little rented studio flat somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. that you don't actually, yeah, live in yeah but yeah, that's beside the point <laughs> can i ask a question yeah um was violet always disabled or, or did she become disabled or no she became me? disabled right okay so being, you know, from the background of the aristocracy and the lady gentry and all of that, and, you know, becoming a lady and her husband being a lord, yeah. um, she was injured in a hunting accident. Right. Okay. <laughs> Did they mistake her for a fox? It's hard to tell because they won't tell us anything else about the accident. So, so you just know she had an accident? It's just a hunting accident. So she could have fallen off the horse or... She got could have by while one of the geese she was chasing. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, being shot herself or whatever. Yeah, but... in, the, in the fort or something. I, it, yeah. It can't, can't help my, uh, you know, animal rights, liberal, slightly vegan self. It's like, yeah, fuck it, serves you right. <laughs> well, this, this is one of the, one of the things. She, she is certainly, you know, in her views like by by the standards of today they seem quite sort of contradictory mm. so you know she she had a lot of you know like personal political views that that now you would consider sort of like like part of movements that are very progressive okay mm. and then others which are just you know completely the other way right <laughs> and so you I know, know, I, getting into this <laughs> yeah so i, I you know, people have sort of struggled to quite um, figure her out. It's one of the reasons there isn't necessarily a lot about her. So mm. mo- most most of what I have um, comes from one professor uh, who has done all of this this research and work on her. Mm. You know, when they've done, um, you know, like a few years back when they were doing uh, all of the uh, celebrations and things for a uh, hundred years of women's suffrage mm-hmm. things like that and you know they did displays and exhibitions about uh, you know women in parliament and there was just kind of you know barely any mention of her mm. oh you see that you see that makes me a bit sad no matter i mean even if she was a bit of a what's the word i'm looking for um it's still that's still quite sad i think yeah, and I know there are a lot of people that you have to feature, but you know, for her being, you know, so early and you know, kind of 
visibly and openly disabled. Yeah. Do you think that's that was the reason that there wasn't a lot about her because of her disability, or do you think it's just the lack of information? Of, like, because I mean, it's fairly recent times. I sort of assume the information's probably out there. She's, you know, going to have recent descendants and stuff still around. Yeah. So a lot of this has come from um, personal papers, but um, mm. some of her descendants actually um, destroyed some of her personal papers. Okay. Um, oh, you know, it's got to be juicy when uh, when <laughs> the family's burning the yeah. <laughs> and, and and to be like, when she has been written about, she has been somewhat um, dismissed mm. as a kind of you know political lightweight who just took over her husband's seat for a few years and wasn't necessarily a you know a kind of um, political figure in her own right. Mm-hmm. That she was, you know, just kind of doing it because they needed someone to do yeah. it, to like take a, it hand, like a hand-me-down job, like oh well, don't yeah, be out. yeah, okay, I get yeah, it. Yes, so because because he died, mm-hmm. and then yeah. she took over the seat after he died, right, and didn't go on to like be re-elected or anything later. It was so he died. She did win, okay, the election okay. after that, but then. Right. So, but she she was she was only MP for one term. Right. right. I feel like we're jumping all over in this timeline. Yeah, shall, yeah. shall we, we, we shut up? And <laughs> let you talk? No, so jumping about all over the timeline uh, really suits me because um, <laughs> all of my notes are everywhere. Okay. Daisy's so well prepared, everybody. Well, <laughs> okay, so am, am I am I unprepared or? <laughs> Have I made an active decision to do it this way so that it seems more like a conversation? <laughs> ah, you see we w- we will never that. know. We will never know for, for true. <laughs> Violet became disabled in 1930. Uh, so that was sort of, you know, in between the two world wars. It's this sort of interwar period and the, the time when you're kind of leading up to the second world war that mm. um the the two of them as a couple because realistically they are kind of they they are a, a political couple mm. right essentially you know mm-hmm. she was she was very sure of um you know her views of sort of you know women have a very specific place in the country and that is primarily as wives and mothers but she did a lot of other political work you know with her husband as they were going going along so so before her accident one of the things that they did is that they they actually went undercover as like to to report back for the government so this was after um her husband was working in parliament but before before the accident still so they went to australia where at the time, English and British people who were going to Australia to find work were being put in, um, they were being temporarily put in sort of resettlement camps, as you would call it. Sort of like the idea was that you would go to Australia, stay in the camp for a bit while you found whereabouts you were going to. Right, a bit like quarantine now. So, sort of yeah except um not for you know a pandemic disease just for you right. know being british okay <laughs> right okay and um they went undercover in one of these camps and kind of you know let the government know what the conditions were actually like which is that they weren't very pleasant at all mm-hmm. well you say the word camp and it immediately you'd it's not a very good look is it really yeah no, I mean you think, yeah, resettlement camps. We 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 have similar things in yeah. uh, for refugees, and they're not nice places to be. Yeah. So how long was she in the camp for then, with her husband? So it wasn't all that long, as far as we can tell. But it they they wrote what well, she actually wrote a book about it when they got back about their memoirs of being there. They were, mm. you know, sort of really 
sympathetic and spoke really, mm. you know, kind of movingly of all of these, you know, sort of British people in these camps because it was sort of still part of our empire at this point. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was technically the, go- you know, the government's responsibility, and it, it w- but they j- just kind of, you know, taken a bit of a hands off. Mm approach out, out of sight out of mind almost yeah yeah but kind of you know throughout all of this they're kind of you know very sympathetic to um you know the plight of the I, I keep saying british but realistically they refer to as english yeah i suppose it's the it's you know we're at that point in australian history where you obviously you have the indigenous people who have been there for thousands of years and then you have the, the the people who colonized it and their descendants who i suppose you would now be referred to as australians um who you know they're the recent british immigrants basically and then the 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 people actually there arriving from britain yeah they weren't overly sympathetic in their views and writings to the indigenous population of australia that that surprised me that rich mm. white people were yeah yeah were unsympathetic for the of the horrible lives that they had inflicted on vast swathes of indigenous people who were quite happy minding their own fucking business for a thousand years yeah yeah basically yes you know they had, they had to come back and they reported to that and they wrote their memoirs and and they became sort of quite um they became quite sort of well known for that it's kind of like you know almost like activisty type things so rig- right. originally um her husband he was supposed to go on his own and she insisted on going with him of course she did free holiday <laughs> free holiday to a nice resettlement camp yeah i was gonna say i i, I don't think it was like a spa <laughs> yeah. was uh, she was she was very political and interested and yeah you know, she, she was always interested and i think she also thought that it would um make it more convincing okay yeah as well give her a bit of clout to say well i actually did this i didn't just talk about it well yeah yeah give, give her a bit of a bit of clout but also you know oh we're a newly married couple and you know we're moving to australia to make you and know she she is trying to come across as the supportive wife who i will go and support my husband because we're newly married did she have any political ambitions at this point? She was very active in the sort of the conservative women's associations. Right, okay. But that was primarily, particularly at that time, the Conservative Women's Association didn't really do anything political. They didn't do much campaigning or things like that. It, it was kind of, they, they were primarily, you know, focused on getting more members to the Conservative Party so that they would get more votes so right, okay. while, while, while she was interested and um being that her husband was an mp you know she yeah. was more yeah. active than a lot of people was a lot of people were rather um, <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna say anything <laughs> my father's voice in the back of my head very disapprovingly went, <laughs> other people was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so she, she was always doing those bits and mm. you know when we get to sort of during the second world war as well her husband was off serving and so right, she okay. did so she was doing during that time a lot of the sort of you know yeah, normal yeah. mpe things anyway yeah um so it took the lead up to the second world war so being as they were um you know from the sort of upper class right wing ruling elite they saw the kind of you know communism and that out of you know the soviet union as much more of a threat than fascism right okay which is (laughs) i know it's baffling to us i mean what the communist soviets did to the people of russia was terrible but I don't necessarily think that that was because they were communist. I think that was because they were power drunk dictators. I think yeah, that, yes. yeah. 
but yeah, this was that, that was that was a really common view, though, particularly oh, among yeah. the upper classes. That you know, realistically, you know, if fascism comes in, they're going to be fine. Well, and who was um, there? Was a royal, wasn't there? Yes, the, the royal, those royal sisters who uh, one of did one of them run off to marry Goebbels or something like that. I don't think it was mm. Goebbels. Okay, so so this so that was. Um, prince philip's sisters who both married who both married sort of uh one people, of them married people, black shirt i think and one of them married yeah the they, both, they both married members of the nazi party and i mean prince philip had basically cut them out of his life quite um early okay. on yeah. yes quite quickly and and there there is the story as well of um king edward after he abdicated mm, yes um touring nazi germany yes See, this is, it's one of these um, complicated things because obviously, you know, if you're going to hang around with Nazis <laughs> and then people suggest that you might be a Nazi, yeah. like, you don't really have any line <laughs> of defence on that. And no. fair enough. Yeah. You know, like, sorry, those are two things that are <laughs> incompatible. You cannot hang out with a Nazi and then also have people not say are well, you sure you're not a nazi though and 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 i can't imagine having a cup of coffee and a chat and just a hang out with a mate of mine who also holds extreme fascist views and not it not coming up in conversation once or twice yeah so yeah it's yeah you can't turn around and go what uh brian's a brian brian's a nazi i didn't realize did he is he <laughs> oh he's never he's never mentioned it <laughs> <laughs> oh you know brian couldn't come to that party last weekend oh it's because uh it's because he's a nazi <laughs> oh, oh the nerve brian <laughs> it's 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 tricky for us looking back because obviously yeah when we look back having sort of you know not been there at the time yeah you kind of forget the amount of time that there was in between sort of you know the nazis turning up and the nazis winning an yes. election and the beginning of the That's second the thing. world war it was it was a bit like a drip feed wasn't it of yeah everything was yeah it's not it's not so bad and then like very very slowly and then all of a sudden it's yeah. like whoa well, how do we end up here and actually yeah. the anti-semitism and the racism uh, you know was very it was it was everywhere it was yeah. it was quite that wasn't necessarily shocking opinions to have yeah. Yeah. it was no, no. the the far end of the spectrum about it was the fact that you know these people were so abhorrent to the nazis that they all should be exterminated whereas most people just thought that you know they were second class citizens and didn't deserve to have the same rights there it's it's neither of them's acceptable but there's a there is a step between the two yeah exactly yeah around this time so you know you're talking about the sort of mid to late 30s this idea that sort of war might be coming along and when we look back at it now so you've probably heard of the term appeasement mm -hmm. yeah huh? this this thing that was supposed to you know stop another world war mm. which we now look back on as kind of well that was never going to work obviously you know you're all terrible for even suggesting it you, and you can understand it though when you look at basically a generation of young men died yeah yeah exactly this was a really you know i i'm not gonna say that you know it's unfair for us to look back and say that that was a terrible idea however you know you do have to you know recognize that it was still really recent the end of the first world war yeah. was still it so was, recent yeah it was an and it was an attempt at diplomacy before war which i think that at least should be recognized as you know yeah violet and her husband were big big proponents of appeasement mm -hmm. and you know like to to a point that was um you know, actually quite uh, disturbing in that they, they were still organising pro-appeasement talks in Bristol here in April 1939. 
<laughs> which was which was which was after Crystal Night, right. which you may remember yeah. was that particular time when the Nazis went after Jews in Germany. Yeah. So that was it. That was in November 1938. Right. This was also after Germany invaded Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> so this was after the start of the war. So this is very much a case of shutting the barn door after the horses. The horses not just bolted. The horses yeah. like six farms over setting up shop with a yeah. new rider. Yeah, so, and... so this this is what I was thinking. And then I sort of had a quick look at the dates and things was sort of working out how that so while this was after the invasion of Czechoslovakia this was I'm pretty sure just before like this was before we entered the war mm. right okay yeah so essentially they were they were advocating for a scenario where the, the war is already happening you know that's that's done but mm. just we don't get involved yeah right okay so we like sit on the sidelines and go it's nothing to do with us and and just yeah, and have some kind of you know agreement. Yeah, yes. the Nazis essentially that, but not necessarily that we're going to go and help them out, but just that we won't go for each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. it's, and you can see the the sort you of the logic the, behind it because yeah, you, you know they the are process. Yeah, there's, can... and they're over they're over there. They're not on our doorstep. They've got the front. They've got all of France in the Channel to before they could get mm -hmm. to us. It's a kind of well. Let's not let's not have a war if it's not going to do us any harm. Particularly if they yeah. don't think if fascism does spread across Europe, they don't think that they're go it's going to be an issue. For, you know, bombs are an issue yeah. for everybody. Fascism mm. might not be an issue for them. But yeah, it's it's a very tempting idea to cut all of that out. To you know to have you know to try and avoid that war when it is still so recent. When you know a lot of these, you know, communities that were destroyed during the First World War still haven't been, you know, built back up again. I mean, the context is twenty. It's twenty-one years, so it's basically it was your yeah. parents' war. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And if if we're all still banging on about the Second World War, which was our grandparents' war, you know, of course these people are still this. That's really fresh. There are going to be yeah, people yeah. who lost parents and siblings you know who were still young and yeah. active and very aware of what's going on yeah it's, it's very much still in living memory isn't it 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 is it is and you know you you see that if you you know look into um stories of people who died during the second world war and so many of them are people who survived the first world war yeah mm. and, and you know it's just kind of devastating the idea that there, there are those people who had to do it twice yeah and so you know not only was this idea of you know appeasement very tempting it was very widespread right and it was widespread across um the you know the upper echelons of society mm -hmm. who felt like they didn't have an awful lot to lose from fascism but also it was at one point an almost pact between britain and nazi germany seemed to be something that was actually being investigated right mm -hmm. so it's not what, something they tell you on the history channel yeah so the so, so here's the thing part, part of it is kind of like you know well it's almost good sense to kind of look into all of your options and so and you know lots of upper class British people, you know, important in society and, you know, trained, you know, uh, pilots or fighters or generals, things like that. They were being sort of courted by the Nazis just as sort of like, you know, would you like to come over to our side? Uh -huh. And, you know, teach them how to do all of this stuff. So they both visited a Nazi run labor camp in Germany. Oh, um, I don't know what that noise was, but it was a what? <laughs> yeah, and it's we didn't know what like no, labour camps and death camps. We did that. There was a difference. The POW camps were different. We didn't know quite what was happening, and they didn't. Know, they didn't know, did they? What we know now? 
No, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't so... know most of that until after the war was over. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, so this is where you start getting into. Um, well, I say you start getting into. It's not where you start getting into <laughs> them very clearly having some kind of, you know, racist, anti-Semitic views. Okay. But half this stuff comes from this particular researcher that I was telling you about, who has found out all of this sort of, you know, information about. Lady Apsley found a um, political autobiography that she wrote just after the war. A lot of these parts about the lead up to the Second World War and about appeasement were ripped out <laughs> and destroyed. So the reason that um, and you can only assume this that's because that's inflammatory and yes, yeah. yes. So so this researcher so. Uh, Dr. Madge Dresser. Mm -hmm. She was looking for evidence of the Apsley's fascist sympathies mm. and okay. basically found that the one bit that she wanted to read was not there anymore. Ah. Uh... Um, so these are... rip that out, or, or was that a so, family? Or... Yeah, so supposedly this was the Apsley's grand. Daughter or daughter-in-law? Daughter-in-law. Daughter right. okay. Yeah. Like, ripped those bits out and destroyed it. Okay. But there, there are other papers, you know, relating to her scattered all over the place. And so, you mm -hmm. know, so um, Dr. Dresser has basically managed to, you know, build up all of those missing pages again, mm -hmm. but just sort of, you know, not in her own, um, not in her own voice. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, they... They visited Nazi Germany and she spoke admiringly of what she called, and I quote, Nordic blonde gods uh. who were who were residing in, in, in the camp and who apparently had a better work ethic than the working class <laughs> British counterparts. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's very interesting. Uh, you know, to think that this is somebody who spent time in a resettlement camp in Australia, I, you know, and it basically is evidence of, for her, the the environment, the circumstances, the living conditions that people can be subjected to is entirely related to their social standing, their race, their background yeah yeah basically there was you know this is a really fun episode daisy sorry well <laughs> <laughs> i did just... warn you that she sucked <laughs> can we do Nelson again <laughs> <laughs> she's she's really interesting it's kind of you know some of it you can put down to just that sort of cluelessness that comes yeah. from you know being also... in that part of society it's kind of like yeah it'll be fine sure there'll, there'll be some you know Fascist and die, racist but... and anti-Semitic and that, but it's it's like that um that bit of you know Shrek with Lord Farquaad. Some of you may die, but that is a risk I am willing to take. I really enjoyed when that meme was going around and everybody was comparing it to Boris at the beginning yeah. of the pandemic. <laughs> it's just like yes, yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that was. I just, I just love Shrek, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that me and Daisy are getting all political, and Lucy's like, "Kids film." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's got, okay. So while while at this point, you know, they were big on the idea of appeasement and trying to, you know, prevent this war, and they were kind of essentially following, you know, the the kind of tacit approval mm. that was being shown for Nazi race. So this is this is still sort of, you know, in the lead up to the Second World War. Okay. So, you know, this isn't... On, on our entrance to the war, and when the bombs started falling and it became, you know, obvious, they were, they became sort of stalwarts of the, of the resistance to the Nazis. And, yeah. you know, she she led the women's section of the British Legion and you know she, her husband went away to fight and she was doing basically all of his MPs work 
It's right. it became very much a Nordic God. Oh no, I never said that. Not that wasn't me. Oh no, I hate the Nazis. I yeah, don't even like blonde men. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's hard to say how much of the um, original tolerance of Nazism and fascism was um, because they didn't care, and how much of it was just that they had decided not to see it right okay which i think is a very upper class skill isn't it 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 is and it is what what's sort of been accused of with um the uh, king edward who then abdicated and you know went Mm -hmm. on tours of nazi germany and all of that yeah of course it, it it doesn't help that you know hitler and the higher ups in the nazi party were very specifically trying to you know win over the upper class British mm. yes you know elite yes, who yeah. who could sway yeah who who could either you know sway or influence people not necessarily to you know not have a war to go over to their side but to you know be kind to, of to promote their cause almost to, to promote their cause and to just sort of essentially not join in right okay and so you know there is the chances are is that you know, they were being shown they were very specifically being shown what they wanted them to see mm-hmm. yeah and you know obviously that was much more um you know racist and fascist and you know anti-semitic than we now would be well uh, a, that, that, of... we, that we would approve of or, or tolerate yeah. or whatever when yeah. when there are those upper class people who are you know naturally much more scared of stalinism than of fascism mm-hmm. that's kind of a you know a level that they're that they're willing willing to tolerate i guess yeah but um yeah it's 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 hard to say how much of their you know obvious uh objection to nazism during the second world war was was down to hang on a minute they've been doing all these terrible things that i don't like and yeah. how much of it is that they were bombing all of their yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think it me. Yes. Yeah. The rich. The rich do like their stuff. Yeah. They, they like. They like their stuff, and they like their position, um, being in charge of things. Yeah. yeah. So she was sort of a Nazi, but not really. But she was. She was. She was a Nazi in denial. Mm, but this yes. was all before she had her accident. No, she had her accident so, in 1930? She had her accident in 1930. So mm. um, this is after that. She she was really active both privately and um, publicly, you know, after her accident. So she um, she was unable to walk and she was in a lot of pain and she was a wheelchair user. Um, but she never seems to have made any attempt to hide that she was now a wheelchair user right good for her yeah but it's it is um even even that late it is still Mm. somewhat unusual Mm, absolutely for her not to hide a disability yeah 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 not not necessarily that um so you know for example um FDR, you know, yeah, so Franklin yeah. D. Roosevelt. It's you know, it's a little bit earlier, but um, that was that was that kind of it was it was relatively common not for people to specifically be hiding it, but just to you know not mention it and kind of like you know, oh well, I'm going to get there before and sit in a different chair, yeah, so the yeah, yeah. Me coming in in the wheelchair, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it was kind of like you know there was there wasn't any of that sort of you know. But FDR, are you disabled? No, absolutely <laughs> not. But no. <laughs> but yeah, but, but t- particularly for someone who's, you know, after the First World War, you got more people who were um, veterans yeah. from the First World War. Who you know, there was no yeah. hiding of what happened no. because, well, you know, it was a thousands was of, of men had trench foot and came home only needing one shoe. Exactly. Yeah, there was there was there was so much of it about, but also it was a you know, it was kind of a symbol mm-hmm. of you know of 
sacrifice and you know mm. oh look at the best of british you know so, all of that so do you think she was proud of the fact that she was a wheelchair user um i think proud is a bit too strong a word okay but um she certainly didn't seem to you know think of herself any any worse because of it right you know and she it sounds didn't... like she didn't think that society should think worse of her because of yeah, it absolutely so... absolutely yeah so yeah her her maiden speech in the house of commons when she was elected was from her wheelchair and an appeal for better treatment of disabled people cool okay okay that's a saving grace yeah <laughs> isn't it really yeah yeah so yeah. so during the second world war her her husband was um fighting fighting abroad and she was taking care of of his sort of you know constituency work as you mm. would call it now mm. um so he was in he was in malta um in the air force and um when his so he, he was on a, a they call it a passenger plane but there was you know it was like an raf passenger yeah. plane so it was like seven yeah, people on it yeah um it it took off from malta and um crashed very soon afterwards uh, okay oh okay so so he how he... pissed off would you be if you were like in the army in the war and you know you died but you didn't sort of die in battle you died because somebody cocked up like flying your plane i'd be i feel like so, i want yeah. a hero's death yeah i mean <laughs> I've, I've, I've the um the historical record hasn't ascribed blame <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it it sound, doesn't sound like they were shot out the sky it sounds like the pilot wasn't paying attention and it was like oh shit there's a mountain there yeah so i mean he's he is considered a a war death. So see, this thing, I'm not sure. He could well have been shot out of the sky. Right. Was it the but, plane crash that killed him? Then yes, yes, right. it was. Crashed on impact. But yes, yeah, so so he he died in Malta. And she was now, you know, Conservative MP's widow. Mm. And so when they had the election. For, you know after their mp had died a by-election essentially right um she won his seat she not only won his seat but she increased his majority okay cool partly i think you know some people have just kind of been like oh well she was you know she was the wife of the old mp of course she won but i think you know what more than that you know she had already been doing the job for you know a couple of years I think, like, when you first started talking about it, it sounded, it sounded like she just walked into it, but the fact that she would have actually had to be elected, yeah, I think that says, that actually says quite a lot and, more. And also, he went to war, so she was doing his job whilst he was at war anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, she was elected then, and this, the, this researcher has written that she didn't have star qualities. So she isn't necessarily, you know, like remembered. Person. Well, she isn't kind of, you know, remembered as a lot of those other, you know, like Mary Politics Astor and all of that. It's a popularity game, isn't it? As much yeah. as it, it, it shouldn't be. But um, so you can understand there are a certain type of person who's remembered as being that charismatic politician. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and she wasn't sort of necessarily that and you know a lot of people have kind of dismissed her as you know kind of not really doing all that much but you know she spoke in all kinds of different debates and you know she campaigned on a lot of different a lot of different topics she lobbied a lot for disabled veterans mm -hmm. and for and for the rights of, of women who had been working in the armed forces during the war effort to right. be able to keep their jobs after the war, yeah. that they didn't have to, you know, just sort of immediately yeah. leave because the war was over. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. She had sort of quite a traditional view of, you know, womanhood in that, you know, they were wives and mothers, mm. but also that very insistent that, you know, they were vital. Mm. 
And so, you know, this is this is where you get this thing that I mentioned earlier, which is that sort of crossover of things that we would consider to be sort of, you know, quite progressive, pro- progressive and things that really are not. So it's kind mm. of, you know, this this idea that, you know, women are completely, you know, vital to the way the country is run and also that, you know, fathers should have been doing more in order to raise their children and to, you know, help out and all of that. And she was also like very, um, she was really concerned about protecting green spaces. That's cool. That like, pro- like protecting natural green spaces and what we would now consider um, sustainable agricultural policies. Okay. Yeah. And things like, like, you know, composting and recycling waste and that is things like impressive. that yeah that, is, that that almost if you talk of those beliefs and manifestos and whatnot into this day and age you'd think she was like a i mean forgetting the the fascism and the nazism and all that kind of stuff but if you take the progressive stuff that could be like this day and age politician really couldn't it it's, it's the thing, it's, it's one of these really fascinating things yeah. about her, because it's kind of, you know, yes, a lot of that sort of, you know, I guess what you would now call environmentalism mm. type things comes from, you know, her background of, you know, being very posh and having a lot of grounds and hunting and mm. all of that. But it's, it is still very progressive, mm. you know, in those, in those terms. It's, yeah, so- I mean, so like after the so after the war, was it kind of like brushed under the carpet that she was a bit of a Nazi sympathizer, and did she so, kind of like reinvent herself like Tom Jones does every fifteen years? Yeah. So this is the thing: she didn't actually last in Parliament for all that long. Yeah. So she was, she was, um, she lost her re-election in nineteen forty-five. Okay. Which was just after just after the war ended which was when there was the landslide labor victory mm. that ended up you know bringing in things like you know the nhs and the welfare state which by the way she was very opposed to but she but she, she she lost her seat then and so she wasn't you know she was very, she was a wartime mp yeah yeah, yeah really yeah, yeah. So what happened to her when she lost her seat then? Did she just... So she she tried running for um, Parliament again elsewhere in the sort right. of late 40s, but was unsuccessful. And But basically, in the, in the few years after she lost her seat, she was, she was still, um, you know, an active member of the Conservative Women's Association and she, you know, campaigned against a lot of the Labour policies. But she essentially, you know, formally retired from politics in in the 50s Mm. you know she just sort of disappeared in in into the background so nothing much is known known about her after her political career she just kind of not retreated yeah not not a huge amount it's kind of you know because if you go and look at her you know wikipedia page Mm. it's it's one page you know Mm. Like, I was trying to find because I printed it out somewhere around here, but it's 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 less than one sheet of A4. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's so, um yeah it's it's wild. I, I mean, I have always thought that if you are a, a, an MP and you've been an MP for say twenty, thirty years, and then all of a sudden you go to the, you go to like the local leisure centre on election night, and then. I'm talking about modern day now, not not back in like 1940s time. Um, you go to a leisure centre on a on election night, and it's like, oh, I've lost my seat, and then overnight, that's it. Yeah, you lose your job, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You, you lose your purpose. I can remember, not the most recent local election. We're probably talking. Uh, I think it was. I think it was the year that we ended up with the coalition government, because that's how old I am. Um, (laughs) I was walking back from voting with my mum and there was this 
little lad, we've been to the primary, his primary school to vote. And there was this little lad there walking back with his dad. And his dad was, he was asking his dad about voting and he said something like, oh, do you, um, who did you vote for, daddy? And he said, oh, I voted for the Labour candidate. Um, and he said, and do you think he's going to win? And his dad said, oh, actually, I don't think he is. And the little boy went, oh, but it's all right, daddy, because it's not the winning, it's the taking part, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Just like, no, I don't think it's worth that involved. <laughs> I mean, that must have been devastating because she's obviously like, her husband's died, she got got his seat, then won an election, and all of a sudden, like, lost her seat. What do you do then? Yeah. What do, you know, what do, you have to have some sort of fight in your belly to keep going, okay, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll change direction and do something different. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I guess this is the thing, you know, because she was from such a rich background, uh, she didn't really. No, she didn't have to do anything true. different. She was fine. <laughs> but she she, she didn't see annihilated my point there. So like you. <laughs> she just she just went and sat on a you know her family pile, didn't she? And just got old. And I wonder if she spent her time learning how to pull a wheelie. <laughs> yeah. 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 She she did have you know she did some other things in the Conservative Party, and she was made a CBE. Okay. In 1952. Mm-hmm. Um. But, but other than that, you know, she she's stayed doing some work for the for the um, British Legion that she'd been doing mm. during the during the war as well. I mean, it sounds like she could have done with another war, really. That would have, yeah. that would yeah. have suited something her. To get, something to get there. really riled up about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah something to do, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> this episode has made me think very much of um, the BBC podcast with Russell Kane, Evil Genius. Yes, yes. And I feel One like we need to, you know, do, put her on the on the scales here of the her views of of um, well, her Nazi being a Nazi sympathizer. Can yeah. you forgive those kind of beliefs when her other beliefs were quite progressive? This is the thing, and I've been thinking about this while we've been recording this episode. A little bit of me thinks. Like, was it the sort of period of time she was living in and the fact that there was quite a lot of it about and it's quite easily to get easy, it's quite easy to get swept along with it and then go, oh, okay, we've ended up here. This is not where I wanted to be. Let's, can we, can we make a U-turn? Can I turn around somewhere and change my mind? But then that, is that, is that giving her too much credit for following blindly like a sheep i don't know really i don't know i always think that you know there is there is always an element of saying people are a product of their time you know Mm. people say a lot of it about um you know slavery in america people are always talking about you know george washington and the fact that he had slaves Mm. but that I I just my counter argument to that is always yes, but even then there were people who were against it. Even you can't say it was the ignorance of the time no, when there no. were people even then going this isn't right. And I think that that was the same with fascism. Even then there were people going, what just because that pers- person's of the Jewish faith just because that person is a person of colour just because that's a disabled person then they're not human and should be exterminated yeah it's that there are even even then I think I think saying that it's an ignorance of the time period I think it's more an ignorance of the person choosing mm. not to stick in the fingers in the ears and go la 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 I can't hear you la 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 exactly and one of the things that like when we were talking about all the the stuff she did later you know the being environmentally you know pro-green and and pro-women and stuff like that there is a part of me that feels like it was a bit self-serving and the the Nazi sympathizing thing was because it suited her and then do when it think... stopped suiting her, that was when she changed her tune. Daisy, do you think that um, 
the, the kind of things she was pro for after the war. So not specifically the green spaces and stuff like that, but the disability, you know, rights and all that kind of thing. Do you think that was born out of some sort of weird guilt almost? Like, oh, my God, I can't, like, the, the Nazis did this. I can't quite believe it. I'll try and sort of reconcile in my own head what I was, you know, sympathising again, sympathising for, or do you just think, I mean, that's what I always wonder. People, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, people like that going, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, what, this do, is really what bad. do you think drove her politically? Yeah. So, I suspect that the those pages that we don't have from mm. her memoir tell us a lot. Yeah. I I suspect that the reason why those are gone are because they imply not just sympathy mm. but a sort of, you know, complete allegiance, act, active support. Yeah. yeah. Um I do however also think that um people in general while it's you know like like you i don't necessarily agree with that that whole you know oh you know they didn't know at the time mm. but what i what i do think is that people do tend to take the path of least resistance yeah and if that means that if they do nothing nothing will change for them Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they are willing to do that, and it is only when things start, yes, changing for them that they have to do yeah, something think, about it. And think, it's, oh crap! Let's do something about this. Yeah. yeah, it's starting to affect me now. Yes, and it's not necessarily that that when the things start to affect people, they do whatever it is to you know put it back to how it was because I think you know that would assume that everybody is terrible. But I, I get, if things are changing anyway, mm. that's when you sort of go, okay, well, everything's changing anyway. So now I have to decide like, which, 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 go yeah, which one I'm going towards. Yeah. And I, I suspect that's what, you know, drives a lot of people and probably, you know, the same with her. It's kind of, you know, she had already been doing her husband's job as MP, it made sense for her to carry on because, you know, she probably had more stuff that she wanted and, to do. Yeah, and I do wonder whether having, doing that job of be, being her being her husband's MP, you know, like, no. I just, like his standing in for him? Yeah, like, he, like, he's, like his substitute. Yeah, his deputy where, almost. That's it. Whether, whether that may have changed some of her views maybe because i find it i find it extremely hard to bear in mind she was disabled herself right so when all the nazi stuff was kicking off i find i mean the nazis really didn't like disabled people did they really they you know um and i i find it very hard to to even think that anybody who was that disabled person that the Nazis didn't like could sympathise. Go, oh yeah, but yeah, I mean they don't like disabled people, but they're not that bad, really. That was that was the thing that I was that was sort of surprised me a bit. Was you know you said that she went out and she she had a tour of Nazi yeah. Germany after her after her um, accident, and you sort of you know what I wonder what that experience was like for her. I'm sure that they were all very amiable and friendly towards her, but I can't imagine that it was a particularly supportive, accessible, positive environment. No. Like here's a, no, but then here's arguably, a... it probably wasn't here either. No, no, true. That's true. Yeah. And and again, we didn't know that they were burning people. So no. we didn't find that out until after the war. And if she was... And I know it was quite soon after the war because we, when we found the camps was, you know, when the war had just ended. Yeah, when we liberated. Yeah, but um, she, you know, she was only in politics until 1945. 
but also, also she probably would have been that um a, a good example of kind of the right type of disabled person mm-hmm. yes yes, you know, yes 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 she, she wasn't born, born with, with her disability yeah. it was it was acquired due to you know an unfortunate accident mm. but you know she, she's not going to pass it on to her kids she's and, not going to pass it yeah. on to her kids she's not taking anything from the public purse because she's from a very well-off mm-hmm. family and you know she has she can pay the servants to help yeah. her out with things around the house Rather than and expecting everybody else to pay yes. for her yeah 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 she, you know as as we know that like she's described useless eaters whereas you know you, you couldn't really describe her as as that no okay so to steal the um the evil genius format but tweak it yes. so that we don't get sued would we would we put her in the bin or would we put her on the trophy are shelf we call it, are we calling this very bad people instead of evil genius <laughs> <laughs> very bad or very nice <laughs> naughty yeah. or nice naughty or nice <laughs> she, this this should go this should go in the bin or this should go on the trophy <sighs> shelf ah <sighs> um, you go first i think i'd put her in the bin because mm. I just I can't get past the self preservation element of it. Daisy? Yeah, see I'm not very good at making moral judgments about historical people because I just find them interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like I mean, you know, as a person, I would put her in the bin. But like as just sort of a, you know, history. Like like it's sort of, you know, in, in my my head is sort of between like interesting or not interesting rather okay. than are they a good person oh, no, or a I bad think she person was, i think she's definitely interesting i mean we wouldn't have been talking about her for an hour and a half if she wasn't interesting i know we yeah. can talk crap but i don't think we can stretch <laughs> it out quite this long um but yeah i i don't think i do find it very hard to believe that there, there wasn't even a little bit of an element where she went Oh, 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 the Nazis were really bad. Oh, okay. Uh, how can I make myself look not like, how can I disassociate myself? I know. I'll, I'll campaign for all these good causes. I find it very hard to believe that that would not have run through her mind because I know it would have, you know, I know it would have done, like, it would have done with me, probably. I also just fundamentally believe that anybody who doesn't believe in universal health care should be put up against a wall and shot but that okay. might be yeah. the, the i, I, mean, I that, might be coming could... across a bit stalinist there, <laughs> so. that is an extremely strong uh, a strong way of wording that opinion but yes <laughs> i uh, i happen to agree um maybe not in those words um, <laughs> i think yeah i think i'd put her in the bin because you can't i don't think you can change your initial if you fight and are mouthing off to such an extent about fascism and nazism and that your, and your descendants day, have to get rid of your your writings yeah, to cover yeah, up then, exactly yeah. you that's that's pretty bad isn't it yeah. <laughs> it's not like this day and age where you can just go delete tweet like <laughs> oh yeah. but even even then like you, there's nothing nothing's grab. ever really gone from the internet <laughs> oh, no. Mm. No. I, I you know definitely there are myspace fo- myspace posts and pictures of me and my bra from when i was 17 that are going to come back to haunt me i am just waiting for it <laughs> this podcast gets big and we'll oh, get yeah. cancelled because of alice in a bra <laughs> i won't get cancelled i'll just have to do a lot of apologizing <laughs> Yeah, so I'm sorry, but uh, Lady Astley, Astley or Astley, 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 Lady Astley, you go in the bin, Lady Astley. I, you can carry on doing whatever it is you're doing. Is that is that like never giving you up? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) posh granny. (laughs) That was fascinating. Yeah, it was really interesting. Thank you very much, Daisy. Thank Um, you, Daisy. Before we go, everybody, a little reminder that if you enjoyed this week's episode, please rate, review and subscribe on your podcast 
player platform place uh, because reviews and ratings and subscriptions really, really help new listeners find us. And the more new listeners we have, the more content we can do. Uh, Lucy, did you want to plug the mailing list, etc.? Yep, uh, we've got a, a mailing list that if you subscribe to, you get told when you have uh, a new episode um, coming up or is out. We also are going to do a lot more bonus content in the future, but to make that worthwhile, we need to have a, an audience to show it to. So um, if you'd like to subscribe, you can find it on our website, I believe. Uh, just click uh, sub uh, sign up to our newsletter. Uh, give us your name and your email address and we will do the rest cool everybody we will see you next time thanks very much for listening thanks daisy all right i promise next time i won't bring a nazi <laughs> Bye. thanks for listening to the labeled podcast if you like the show please rate review and subscribe you can follow us on social media at labeled podcast uh thanks go to our editor adam hall our music composer Maisie crunden and our graphic designer sarah coney we'll, we'll see, see you next time, time.